This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to season three, episode 13 and week three of quarantine edition of the Voice of the Land podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold, alongside me, as always, my brother, Nick Paulus, and our producer extraordinaire, Peter Tillop. We are partnered with Web Streaming Studio by LPV and NEO Sports Network. Welcome all listeners on the Cuyahoga Valley Radio Network, CuyahogaValleyRadio.com. You can hear us every Saturday at 4 p.m. And of course, you can always find us on social media at VTL underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Like our Facebook page at Voice of Land. Subscribe to us on YouTube for all of our video content at Voice of the Land podcast. And of course, you can always find us during the week on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, and Google, and especially on Apple Podcast listeners. If you guys like what you're hearing, don't like what you're hearing, you can always leave us a review. We'd love it if you hit us with those five stars, boosting our rating. Let us know how much you like our content and of course, reaching out to us on social media. What do you want to hear? What don't you want to hear? What can we do more of? How can we help you through these quarantine times? Today, we are going to get into a lot of football talk, and we'll have some fun conversations towards the end. But before we jump into all of that, guys, this is this is week three, and we're, we're bumping things up. We're on every, what everybody else is on now. We're on Zoom. We're, we're practicing the, the virtual NFL draft ourselves right now. Uh, how's it going, everyone? We are, yeah, we're jumping on Zoom like everybody else, you know, everyone else in the world. Uh, Skype's taking a, a seat down while Zoom zooming right past them. Week three of this quarantine here for us on the podcast. Once again, feels like dog years. Feels like we're you know, year fifty nine, um, you know, for us. But it is uh, it's something that yeah we're we're just gonna have to get used to until then. Yeah, I I actually drove past our uh, studio you know out there in Parma the other day and it made me feel really sad <laughs> that I wasn't heading there to uh, you know to do the podcast because we were getting so used to that whole setup and I mean you know everything that Peter had set up over there I mean it's fantastic um, was it like a was it like a movie scene where you know you're like you're like driving or like people are like separating it's like the, the sad moment you're like no I'm pretty sure like a sad song started playing <laughs> as, as we drove past it uh, but yeah no so it was uh yeah, a little, little surreal because I, I was like, oh man, you know, it's it's Friday, you know, it, we're gonna be going there tomorrow. No, it's uh, you know, come back home and you know we do this on Zoom now. So and, and that's fine, but you know, once again, I'm really hoping you know for this coronavirus to be done selfishly. Uh, you know, that way we can hop back into the studio and you know get everything done that way. Uh, how's everything going on your end, Peter? You know, it's not bad. It's um, <laughs> been a challenge. We got through the stuff at the city. Um, yeah, and that actually worked pretty well. But um, good, good. I, I've been busy. Thankfully, I was uh, off yesterday for the holiday and did nothing but uh, play Minecraft with my kids. So nice. it was nice to kind of forget about. Everything that's going on for a while, you know, the puppy chewed on me and played Minecraft. So that was my day. (laughs) 
Little yeah, Mac. how are things? Yeah, how are things uh, with uh, with little Mac? How are things with the new puppy? Wow, you know what? He um, he's really smart. He's pretty much already house trained, which is amazing. But he's mm-hmm. he's a lab. He likes to nip at you, so he's trying to like figure that out. And he's got <laughs> sharp sharp teeth so pretty much uh (laughs) all my clothes are gonna have like holes in the sleeves and stuff oh absolutely yeah Yeah. no no doubt for the next six months it's gonna be just like that for you Mm, yeah yeah i'm not (laughs) not looking forward to that but uh we'll see yeah Uh, i had my first day off in a while yesterday off of work and i started cleaning things out because i'm going to be moving to an apartment moving out of the congrats I've had one move, but it was a family home move to another family home. Okay. So I'm moving into my first apartment here uh, beginning of May. So I'm trying to get, because I have a bunch of stuff and a lot of it is just sports memorabilia. But it's like, I found in one drawer, I found a bunch of just sports illustrateds that I didn't remember that I kept. It was more so like college football previews, NBA previews, NFL previews. Like I don't need those anymore. I don't know why I decided to keep them for so long. Like, I think I decided to keep them for the NFL season just to kind of, or each season just to see like how the rankings played out. Sure. But I never went back to them to actually look at that. So they're just like sitting in a drawer. Um, You know, I have, of course, I have like some of the plane dealer articles and news Herald articles from Cavs win the championship Indians uh, world series runs uh, of course, all the different, like the special magazine editions of the finals. The Cavs won the championship for the first time. I have a lot of that stuff. So I just combine that into all of like the sports memorabilia stuff I have packed up downstairs and, you know, will keep forever. And then I got rid of like a huge garbage bag of stuff. And that was like the second time I had done that. With this whole coronavirus going on, you really can't get anywhere. And uh, we're trying to figure out ways to donate the clothes that we have kind of built up to to donate because I got rid of a lot of stuff That's I don't tough. wear anymore either. <laughs> I mean, it's for me right now, these days working from home, it's it's T-shirts, it's GV artwork, it's, you know, That's basketball shorts and uh, those kind of things. Like, I'm not trying to get dialed up for anybody. Like, I gave myself my own haircut. I know people have been complaining about that. Like, I gave myself my own haircut because I've been doing that for a while. It's just like... Sure. I, now, like, I can't let the hair really grow well, or anything. I was going to say, like, you, you don't have my issue over here. I got this hair <laughs> flowing everywhere. I'm terrified yeah. to let my wife cut my hair. So uh, it, actually, <laughs> it's funny because our uh, the hairstylist that my wife and I go to, mm-hmm. same same uh, same girl, Amanda, uh, lovely, lovely girl. She's amazing. Right. My wife gets all of her hair products directly from her because she gets them cheap from her, you know, uh, beauty school college place. Um, right. Goes in, you know, pays what my wife would pay. Like she'd be, you know, paid double for the stuff that she would get. Mm-hmm. So she actually stopped over the other day. I open up the door. My hair is like everywhere. And she's like, yeah, I bet you wish that we could cut that right now. You're not lying. <laughs> so the Baker bandana is no longer just like a, just a look for the look it for is, the podcast. It is, it's, it's a helpful look for you right now. It is a lifestyle <laughs> right now. I actually just picked up a, uh, cause the Browns have been doing a lot of, uh, not giveaways, but you know, 30% mm-hmm. off, 25% off on their right. discounts. I just picked up a shirt, a hat, and then a headband. Uh, that that should be coming in here within the next couple of days. So 
uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to have a you know a little bit of a new look there for us. But mm-hmm. this, uh, yeah, right now this coronavirus is affecting a lot of people, including my hairstylist. So yeah, when you when you started that statement about buying the stuff from the Browns team yeah. shop. I thought you were about to say I bought myself a Peloton bike so I could really get into the Baker I, Mayfield experience I, because the hair's flowing. I got the headband I like he does. you, my fat ass is not a, <laughs> a Peloton bike anytime soon. Don't you worry about that. I don't have the money, nor do I have the time. <laughs> you know, oh, I got the time. I, I got plenty of time. But, yeah, no, I, I don't think I'm going to be getting a Peloton anytime soon. So I guess we can't tell the listeners to go over to our Instagram, like to the to the story where you're going to be zooming in on your ranking on the no. uh, Peloton workout anytime soon? Uh, not anytime soon. All right. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if we were getting to that point, then we're really – really deep in this quarantine if Paul starts talking about that. Paul's down 100 pounds and he's like fifth on the rankings. Yeah, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Latest update from the Voice of the Land, Nick Paulus beat Baker Mayfield in a workout today in Baker Mayfield garb. He's really taking it on and taking – Paulus is going to be our next starting quarterback because he's in more shape than Baker. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fat chance that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the quarantine, and yes, we we're trying to bring some levity to what is going on, but we all know that it is still a, a serious situation going on. We are all still staying at home as Paulus takes another drink from <laughs> Tyson. <laughs> you always throw me off when you do that <laughs> because all I want to do is just do like the like a promo for it. Hey, you want to start your own podcast? You want to bring that levity? You want to be prepared during this quarantine? Get yourself a bang like Nick Paulus does every single... (laughs) Bang rainbow unicorn. It'll change your life. (laughs) If you thought unicorns were fake before, you're going to get a real experience after having a few of these. (laughs) But... Like I said, we are trying to bring some levity to the to the situation. We all know that it is still serious out there. We are all still staying at home, practicing social distancing, washing our hands. And of course, you know, if you have to go out nowadays, you may have to use a mask to to be out there and be out and about safely. Um, and of course, we, we said it last week, we're going to reiterate that we thank all of our uh, frontline people, the nurses, the doctors, uh, all of the first responders, and anybody that is an essential worker that has to be out on the road or out there working in this in this environment right now. Um, all of the, of course, the delivery drivers. And of course, I know a lot of these restaurants are kind of putting some, spe- they're allowing you to put special instructions. Like I've seen some pizza commercial, pizza company commercials where they're saying, you know, they have like on the receipt, no contact. And people are leaving tables out, uh, out front on their patio. So if the pizza is just left there and uh, then kind of get a notification that sh- that you get your food delivered to you. So we appreciate everybody that's out there, as like I said, especially those frontline workers. And some of the unfortunate realities are hitting the sports world. We talked about how the NBA season could be canceled. No word yet on that. MLB, we don't know. They may they may be playing in Arizona and Florida, like a spring training thing, and they may have to do away with each division or like the American League versus National League. It may have to be. Florida League and Arizona League of the spring training. We just we don't know how these sports are going to be able to get back going. Even golf said they think June. 
they think June is when they're going to get back going. They're talking about the Masters not even going until November. They they right. might cancel the Masters just straight up. Right. And, I mean, you're going to have, like, the for the first time, you're going to have a defending champion for two years straight without having to even compete. And that's that's unfortunate. I love this weekend. This would have been Masters weekend. I, I actually enjoy watching golf. I'm still trying to find a way to learn how to play. And, you know, hopefully this quarantine does go away. So we're able to get back out there because I want to try to learn how to play because I enjoy watching golf and trying to learn the nuances. Just I don't have like the muscle memory or the technique to, to play the game myself, but I enjoy watching golf throughout the year, actually. And the Masters is just a spectacular event to watch. Just the the pageantry, but also how well they keep Augusta National Golf Club up and just like the scenes as you go around and Amen Corner, uh, when you get to that point, I think it's 11, 12, 13 uh, yeah. is, is right around that, that point there. And it's just, it is a great four-day event to watch. The Masters is the one tournament that I really tune into every mm-hmm. consistently every single year. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's beautiful. They don't change the course much. If they do anything, they lengthen it. They tried to tiger-proof it years ago. Obviously, he broke that streak last year of mm-hmm. 11 straight years of not winning a major. He finally you know, broke that streak, and man, was that a sight to watch. It does suck, though, that that we aren't going to be getting in, in most sports in general, especially this weekend was all about, you know, the Masters. Easter weekend, you know, kind of, you know, whatever really falls on that, and, you know, it would have been such a great time to you know, go over to, like, for, for me personally, like, I normally go over to my grandma's house, and we end mm-hmm. up having Easter and hang out with the family, you know, watch a little bit of golf. Unfortunately, that's not happening this year. Now everyone's, you know, kind of doing their own thing this year. And and that definitely sucks. But the, the major thing that, that you and I have talked about, and we're, we're going to skip ahead here for a second, but uh, the XFL, you know, right. finally, you know actually going, they, I don't know if they went bankrupt or, or what happened with that, but they are shutting down, you know, not just, you know, all of this year, but they are laying off people for the, and they have no intentions uh, to have a season for the year 2021. Right. And I, I haven't seen like official, official word that they're, that they're not coming back next year, but right now that's kind of the reports that are out there because the unfortunate reality of the coronavirus and the quarantine that where they had to suspend operations this season, they probably probably would have had more games. They only ended up playing 20 games total as a league. Uh, the AAF last year played 32. I don't like people putting those stats out there and trying to compare that because it's two completely different circumstances on why both of these leagues did not have any money. Yeah. And it's, it's more unfortunate for the XFL because they, I think, would have continued. I don't. I mean, there wouldn't be any anytime soon. They wouldn't product. compete with the NFL. They had a way better product, and yeah. I mean, they actually have people. And I mean, don't get me wrong. The AAF had a couple of people jump to the NFL mm-hmm. this past year as well. But I mean, you're you're looking at someone like PJ Walker that is now on the Carolina Panthers, and mm-hmm. and I don't think that he's going to really have a shot to make or right. a, a real shot to you know take the starting job. Uh, away from Teddy Bridgewater, who signed a 
you know, sixty million dollar mm-hmm. deal. But I mean, everyone saw his talent. I mean, he really was yeah. the you know the XFL MVP. Uh, you know, if there ever was one, and it's unfortunate because the XFL had a a lot of a lot of fans, honestly. Uh, you know, Seattle loved it there. You're looking at someone like uh, mm. St. Louis. St. Yeah. Louis has been dying for a franchise since the you know L.A. Ram, you know, since the Rams moved back to L.A. Right. They yeah, that city was really coming together around uh, around that team. It's just really unfortunate to see that even before this, you and I were talking that maybe possibly Ohio should be getting one as well. Mm. Right. And, you know, now that, you know, they've gone essentially belly up, it's just, it's really unfortunate. I 100% agree with you. We shouldn't be comparing the XFL to the AF, but it, it is one of those things where a lot of people are going to. And a lot of people yeah. can say that, you know, the XFL wasn't a successful league because it didn't finish out its first year. But it, it's not their fault that they didn't yeah. finish it out because of this damn coronavirus. Right. I mean, people talk about all the time in order to reduce stress levels, you got to try to just control what you can control. It was out of the XFL's control on why they couldn't finish out this season, because based on the information they were getting, they knew that maybe when things could open back up, it would be too late to really start anything. And the rental or the they were a lot of these places, they were in stadiums that NFL teams were using. And then you get into the summertime and a lot of these stadiums use, they do summer concerts. You got the, uh, you know, like the big ticket for the country music concerts. You got rock concerts that go into stadiums like that. It's like those big concert events. I know that they're not happening, but they're trying to, or the stadiums that were giving them the time and the space, they were going to, once things open back up, we're probably thinking, well, we're going to, give the space, we're going to give the time to some of these events, not to the XFL just yet. I'm going to caution everybody on thinking that it's going to, it's never going to be around again because Vince McMahon has a lot of money and that, that sure. entire company has a lot of money. So it's just, they didn't have enough left or make enough to continue operation of what was set aside, budgeted for the XFL to this point, because they were, they put some in it, Vince put money in it and he has the money to put in it. They did two years putting this together. Unlike the last time where they just kind of threw it together and it didn't work. They put the money, they put the time and the effort into it, but they were still looking for the return on the investment to help expand and pay all these employees. So you feel for the employees at XFL, because again, it's another element, another job where People just aren't able to work and you feel for all those people out there that just aren't able to work. They're not able to make money right now. And this whole quarantine coronavirus crisis isn't just a health thing. It's health, economics, personal mindsets. It's it's all encompassing. There's so much going on with it and you hate to see people lose their job. I just, I wouldn't think that the XFL, I would give it a couple more years to see what Vince thinks about it and if he thinks he can get it back going because if he thinks he can, he will put the money to get it back going again. And I'm sure Oliver Oliver Luck will will help him do that. And you mentioned the the St. Louis Battlehawks. I was becoming a big Battlehawk fan for like just like the just the fan base the way that they are. You know, kind of sure. reminds me of that that fan base that how the Browns fans like we are kind of get into things. Battlehawks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just like they welcomed them in because they were missing football and they felt betrayed by having the Rams taken away from them. 
and they were going to put all of their all of their energy, all of their effort into rooting for this Battle Hawk team. And I just I love that symbol on their helmet. I don't know what it is. I love like that blue <laughs> with the gray. Something about like gunmetal gray or like like some sort of like element of that to accent things. You yeah. have like a great blue color like they do. It's just something about that, like that silver or gunmetal gray that just to me like looks, really pops. Looks looks great on the jersey. I, I know a couple years back the uh the Pro Bowl did the mm. gunmetal gray uniform. Yeah. And a lot of us, and I, I don't know if you were part of this or not, but a lot of Browns fans thought that that gunmetal gray with the orange you know, with the orange numbers mm-hmm. would have been a sweet alternate jersey uh, for the Browns. I, I still 100% believe that if you mix that uh, all star, mm-hmm. you know, that Pro Bowl uh, jersey with the orange helmet, you know, orange pants or what, you know, like go, go gun metal all the way through, that would have been a, just a crazy alternative uh, jersey. Well, I mean, and that kind of transitions us to our Browns conversation that we we're looking to have here today, because of course the NFL draft is less than two weeks away and there's still some free agent names out there where the the Browns could pick up one in particular. We're going to talk about here in a second, but of course they're going to be releasing those new uniforms. I'm not, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. We've already kind of talked about it. We'll, we'll touch on it next week once we've actually seen them and give our reaction to them. But that's kind of what I've always kind of wanted as an alternate, not to go away from the traditional. I want a sense of old school with that new school, new material, that uh, moisture wicking material that they sure. that they use. Like, I want that kind of old school feel built into the new school material. That's fine. And going back to just the traditional brown, uh, white numbers, white with the brown numbers on them, the striping on the shoulder pad. Those, that's all well and good. I just looking for like that fun, uh, that fun alternate. Sometimes the all orange just just doesn't go right. I I'm not. I don't know fan. why. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of the all orange uh, itself. Uh, I do like the orange jerseys. You know, the orange bottoms with the orange tops doesn't mm-hmm. look right. I, I like the orange tops with the white bottoms. I think that looks clean. I think that mm-hmm. looks real sweet mm-hmm. um i think that from from everything that i've heard about what the jerseys are supposed to look like and you know i'm not saying that i have an inside man but i i've heard rumors. i'm not saying but i'm saying i'm not saying but I'm saying. <laughs> uh, i've heard rumors that it, it's i mean and, and we saw the you know we saw the little intro or you mm-hmm. know, the second yeah. of i mean they were shaded so you couldn't really see it Every, you know, obviously every Browns, you know, detective mm. was, you know, breaking down that 15 second clip, you know, like it's the Zabruder film. Yeah. Uh, everyone, you know, is taking a deep dive into it. It looks like we are going to be, you know, doing the, you know, old school. Well, I say old school, but it, it's going to be the, uh, you know, what, what we were doing before, just sleeper, right. maybe like a darker brown, which I'm, mm. cool. and then, you know, a couple of stripes on the sleeve. Maybe have an orange jersey. I think that we're still going to be keeping that color rush, though. I think that that's still going to be considered a color rush uniform, which I'm all fine with because I think those yeah. things are sweet. Yeah, uh, but I still want a Baker Mayfield color rush. That's I do if too. We've, yeah, if they're going to keep that, I mean, that's kind of the. I do too, but, and I, I keep telling uh, I keep telling Kelly, you know, for for my birthday this year. Because uh, I, I knew that they were going to be coming out with these jerseys, you know, obviously, you know, years mm-hmm. back. I'm not a huge fan of the brown jersey, let alone the jerseys that they have right now. Right. 
but I was like, you know what, whenever they switch it back, because we all knew that they were going to switch it back. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting to get that Baker Mayfield jersey then. Honestly, I might be leaning more towards a Nick Chubb jersey right now just because, like, I'm such a fan of that dude. I mean, that dude uh-huh. just is such a hard worker. Plus, he's a Batman fan. So, you know, I'll, I'll take that too. So, <laughs> yeah, he is, a, he is a Batman fan. I mean, um, you know, any of, the, any of the guys are a Spider Man fan I'll, or an Iron Man fan, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get their jersey because of that. If we're, if we're going based on, based on comic book heroes, uh, right. right. Fandom, I'll, I'll get their jersey if they come out and, huge proponent of them um but yeah i mean we're looking forward to the jersey release of course you know i know there's people saying well what what does it matter what they wear until they win you know we've been big on the whole we're gonna we have to wait and see what they're gonna do we're not just gonna listen to and just overreact to everything they're doing in the off season the whole time we may get excited about certain things we see in the off season but it's not going to determine for us fully how we see if this team is going to be successful or not successful this year, because we need to see them perform on the field. And that's, that's really where we're at now with this team. It's just, you have to put the pieces in place in the off season. You have to do things right to give yourself the opportunity to have that success. So we're still going to react to those uh, with the draft. And we were building that NFL virtual draft watch party that we're, we're, we got some people, that are really interested, got some people confirmed to come into that. That's why we're trying out Zoom this week. We're trying to work out all the, you know, all the kinks and everything. It seems to be going pretty well, though. Yeah, looks, not going to toot our own horn or anything. Look, but. looks great. <laughs> How about on your end, Peter? How's everything looking over there? Uh, you know, it's looking pretty good so far. So uh, we'll see. <clears throat> we'll see how it goes next week. And uh, I think we've yeah. got something here. So next next week, I just want to let all of our fans know. Uh, mm-hmm. Always positive, Jay. Uh, is going to be joining us. So, yep. uh, you know, obviously everyone knows who Jay is. Jay's, you know, such a mm-hmm. great guy. You know, I mean, he's everywhere on Twitter. He's always helping yep. out everyone. And just as such, such a phenomenal dude. Can't wait to have him on the pod next week. And we're going to be breaking down exactly what we're going to be getting ourselves into yeah. uh, for this uh, virtual draft uh, pod that we're going to be doing. And, uh, yeah, you know, be able to go from there. It's going to be such a great time. We have a ton of people joining Right. So the, the big preview for it will be will be next week. But just so everybody knows that is still in the works. We're still uh, figuring out how we're going to do all this, but it's going to be going to be a fun time uh, getting a bunch of people together to kind of watch the draft together and watch a virtual draft in a virtual way all, <laughs> all together uh, coming up here in about a little over a week and a half here for us. But like I said, with the Browns and the uniforms, people wanting them to not worry about new uniforms until they win. But I think it's I think in today's day and age, you know, you look good, you feel good, you play good. And I think that that does play into it. And why can't a team look good on the field and play good as well? They, I mean, they can go they can go hand in hand. And one of the things that has been a big topic that we haven't really touched on is a big name that could be playing on this defense this season. And the Browns still have, I believe, between 40 to million dollars worth of cap space left. Yeah. And a big name is still out there, and that is Jadavion Clowney, who could play opposite of Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett wouldn't be, you know, you'd have that bigger name on the other side. We thought Olivier Vernon was going to be that guy to help Miles Garrett and reduce the amount of double teams, triple teams that he was seeing on the other team, on the other side of the line that he would have to fight through to get pressure on the quarterback. He's strong. He's he's gonna get there anyways but it's not going to be as consistent and it's going to wear down on them being chipped, being, being double teamed throughout the year. Now, 
unfortunately, Olivier Vernon was not able to be on the field. And, you know, I know Jadavion Clowney has had his injury problems as well. Paulus and, and even uh, Peter, I mean, a name like that, is that the direction that this team needs to go to bring in a big name? Or is it more so you'd want to see Jadavion Clowney here just because of the balance along that defensive line that we could create by having a guy like that there? We're looking at like Jadavion Clowney and what he's been doing, uh, you know, for, for the last couple of years. And he's a Pro Bowl player. I mean, mm-hmm. he's made the Pro Bowl, I think it's three times, uh, you know, or, you know, since he's been in the league. I think he's been in the league six or seven years now. Uh, so, I mean, he's been in the league for a while. Uh, he was just looking for a pay raise, you know, mm-hmm. out, you know with, with the Texans. Texans didn't want to do that. It seems to be the going notion for the Texans, you know, seeing as right. Andre Hopkins wanted to get paid and they're like, you know, no, we're, we're going to ship you out. Uh, Bill O'Brien, once again, we've already talked about this. Bill O'Brien's completely ruined the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not wanting to pay extra for that. Now he gives up a second round draft pick to get Brandon Cooks, who Brandon Cooks has been traded three times. He's been given two number ones and a number two. How is that even possible? DeAndre Hopkins is worth a second-round draft pick, apparently. I can't even say that Brandon Cooks is a poor man's version of DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) Brandon Cooks is is the poorest man's version of an Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he's not that great. I mean, he's a slot guy. Let's be honest. He's a Uh slot guy. And then that's what he is. You know, don't get me wrong. Dude has talent. Dude has a couple of thousand yard seasons. I get that. But he's also had Drew Brees throwing him the ball, Tom Brady throwing him the ball, Jared Goff throwing him the ball. And now he's going to have Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball. Um, you know, some, <laughs> some solid quarterback mm-hmm. uh, right there and only for marginal stats. Right. It's kind of how I put it. Um, but once again, getting getting past that, Jadavian Clowney, we look at as a as a huge step up you know, compared to Olivier Vernon. Olivier Vernon still, I believe, only played 12 games, yet had four and a half sacks. Jadavian played, I think it was like 15 or 16 games last year, uh-huh. three sacks. Now, he's getting doubled and triple teamed all the time on that right. line, uh, which you would think that he's not going to be getting doubled or triple teamed all the time via opposite Miles Garrett. But there is still that unwavering sort of I'm not sure uh, mm-hmm. confidence level because he, I mean he does get hurt he, he he gets nicked up every once in a while and you know it hasn't really worked out you know all the way he, he hasn't shown his true form as a number one overall pick since being in the league don't get me wrong he's a solid player but mm-hmm. he isn't I, to me he isn't that game-breaking superstar that I believe Miles Garrett is and and, and being opposite of Miles maybe might break that out uh, for him but Jadavian came in to an already solid situation with a JJ Watt and it was JJ towards the end of his top tierness but mm-hmm. He still played with a top-tier J.J. Watt, and I think he's going to be, if he were to come to Cleveland, he'd be getting at the very start of Miles's reign as what I think he could be defensive MVP for the next, honestly, the next five or six years. Uh, uh, Miles has a shot of being that defensive MVP all the time. Right, and I mean, I know, and Peter, I know that, um, you know, 
we talk about all the time how you don't get as deep into these types of things as, as Paulus and I do. Maybe we go a little, little too, maybe we dig in a little, a little too much, but that's just kind of how our lives go. But I mean, you hear just about big name free agents potentially coming to Cleveland and, you know, through the history of these types of situations, whether they've come here or just rumors, the impact that you think that that could, that you, you think that that could have on the city or should this Browns team focus on more just the pieces and not the names. Well, you know, it's, uh, I like the idea of having better balance. I don't know if we need to focus on big names, but the fact that we have big name players that are in the talks, right? that gets me excited because for a long time, it's like, I don't want to go to Cleveland. Who wants to go to Cleveland, right? And the, the fact that we have Odell, yeah, he was not, he didn't, you know, perform as we hoped. But then it, you know, came out that he was suffering through some injuries and stuff like that, had surgery. Um, you know, the fact that he's there, I think, opened up Landry. So if we have someone like Clowney come in, is it going to take that pressure off of Garrett? Is he going to get in there? He was exciting to watch, you know, until he got suspended. Um, even then, you know, I, you know, that was a bad situation, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that. I love defense. I love the defense. You know, I'm a huge Ohio State fan. You look at Ohio State's defense, you know, those guys are top-notch. One of them gets hurt or they go into the draft. There's always someone to step up. You know, I would love it if Cleveland had that, you know, if – Garrett, you know, Garrett went out. If we had someone else that could really step up, that would be fantastic. Because then you're not going to have these guys, you know, maybe sustaining the injuries because they're not there all the time. They're not. They don't have to play every down of every game, you know, get the crap beat out of them. So, you know, I'm. I like the fact that we got the big names in the talks. You know, and hopefully. You know, if we get someone like Clowney, then it's, you know, they live up to the expectations. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's a perfect way to say it is they need to live up to the expectations if we're going to bring that kind of name in here. I'm all about balance. I'm all about defense, but also having that that next guy like you have in college where you have 85 uh, scholarships available to you, 85 players over there, and top-tier programs like Ohio State are able to bring in that next guy while the guy is there already and you're able to get them in a little bit because you're dominating games, you're winning by so much, and then those guys get experience in games. In the NFL, you only have a 53-man roster and you have 45, 47 players that are active each week. You need to have as much balance and as much depth as you can so that you have you have that balance amongst offense, defense, special teams. You're playing all three phases. I mean, I would, I wouldn't be upset if Jadavion Clowney came here. I think Miles Garrett would be doing more of a service to Clowney than uh, Clowney would be to Garrett taking those double teams, triple teams off of him because Clowney has never shown to be that number one guy in the NFL. It was more so, you know, you saw that dominant player in Clowney when he was with JJ Watt, and those guys were able to work in tandem on either side of the line. Everybody remembers Clowney being that guy, and especially here in Ohio, 
being that guy in whatever bowl game it was for South Carolina, I think his well, last bowl the game. Bowl. Yeah, the Outback Bowl where it's SEC versus or SEC versus Big Ten, and him coming through the line. Uh, that team up north, the quarterback handing off to the running back, and Clowney just annihilating, annihilating, bulldozing him. I think the helmet comes flying off. It's like one of like those iconic football hits that you remember. I haven't seen that Clowney in the NFL though, and I think that's why he's not necessarily a number one guy. He may be looking for close to number one money, <laughs> but I think. Yeah. In this situation, though, I think that he could he could benefit from Garrett being on the other side, and it would just Clowney still demands respect, demands uh, attention because he can be very dominant and get to the quarterback, but he has the stats just don't show it. So I think those two, Garrett and Clowney together, that could be um, a scary duo coming off at either end. That hit, and, and just a you know, brief recap for that, that hit against that running back was one of those – it was the greatest hype hit of all time. Yeah. But at the same time, it hurt him too. Yeah. Because that hit was so devastating that everyone was like, number one pick, don't even yeah. play next year, number one pick. You don't have to do a damn thing. It uh-huh. ended up going number one the following year. Uh, but – he, everyone's still waiting for that one hit in the NFL, and it's never right. happened. And, no. and and that that hit, as as much as it helped, it, it's actually hurt his legacy. Uh, if, if we're being completely honest, because nobody's seen him hit like that in the NFL. And honestly, in the NFL, you're not going to see hits like that ever again. With how you know cautious you know the mm-hmm. refs are and everything like that, you just don't see those hits anymore. So I mean, it does put a damper on his legacy overall. But I, I still think I still think that he has a ton still left to prove. I think that he's a solid player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay Jadavian Clowney's right, right. entire presence on the floor. We're bringing reality to the we're, to we're bringing situation. reality to it. I, I don't think he's performed like a number one overall uh, player. I think that someone that they've also drafted at number one. I believe he was what one of the first picks. Of, of that franchise, Mario Williams was mm-hmm. a better overall defensive end than what Jadavian was. You know, as right. of like, um, Jadavian, I mean, he, he commands such a presence out on that football field that, once again, last year was a really good year for him. I mean, he still, I believe he ended up having an interception. He ran back for a touchdown. And, I mean, he, he had a good overall year, but still being that number one guy, only getting the three sacks. I don't know how many pressures he had, but you can tell that it it wasn't as many as someone like Miles Garrett or like a TJ Watt even, uh, you know, had, you know, that's kind of where we're at with Jadavian. Yeah. And I I just think that the, the overarching message behind it though, is if the Browns are interested in Jadavian or in like talking about that, there's rumors about that, or even, uh, the defensive end from the Jaguars, Yannick and uh, Yannick and Gakwe. Yeah, and Gakwe. Yeah, I was about to really butcher that name, but uh, <laughs> but just being in talks with that kind of stuff that shows that yes, this is a new regime where Dorsey's guys aren't necessarily their guys, aka Olivier Vernon in this situation, but yeah. they're also still willing to bring in guys that can have an impact because they see that the success ability is there with what is what was left on this roster and the ability to compete is there but and they're trying to add to that 
again, it still comes down to if you do add those types of players, them performing and everyone else performing and truly being on the same page, being aligned as the as the Browns organization likes to say, if they are all together and working in tandem, following the system put in place on offense, following the system put in place on defense, continuing to build more success on special teams with keeping our special teams coordinator and Mike Prefer, then you start to actually build a successful organization that's not worried about this guy's, I need to get mine, this guy, I need to get my money, I'm not really going to play like a Dwayne Bowe, uh, those kinds of guys. It's more so we're here together. Yeah, we're making money. We're here to win, to compete, and bring the Browns back to prominence. That's the type of team we want to see on the field. The other way that they're going to be able to do that is by what they do in the draft and addressing certain needs with a potential starter at number 10 in the first round. And I know last week we kind of talked that we were going to go through a mock draft. Paulus, I know that you have McShay, Todd McShay of ESPN his mock draft pulled up kind of want to look at the top 10, how it's looking like it's going to fall trends. And if we're going to be able to get that offensive tackle that everybody's looking for us to get to kind of put those pieces together. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, once again, we start off with the worst team of the league last year, which was the Cincinnati Bengals actually ended up beating us the very last game of the year. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, it is what it is, but yeah, uh, you know, they are looking for a quarterback, obviously. So they are looking at going after the best of the quarterbacks. You are looking at uh, Joe Burrow, uh, Tua, Right. Yeah. Uh, Tua, uh, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Jordan Love. You're looking at a lot of those different quarterbacks. Obviously, though, you're going to go with the quarterback that had the greatest statistical year mm-hmm. of all time, you know, playing yeah. in the SEC, uh, the uh, former third string quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Joe Burrow. And he will forever be a Buckeye because he graduated from Ohio State. Uh, number two, you have another former Buckeye uh, in the uh, Washington Redskins are selecting the best overall prospect, uh, which is Chase Young of the Ohio State. We got a trend going, guys. Mm-hmm. Detroit at number three. Uh, Todd McShay believes that uh, a glaring need is is here for the Lions, and they need it since they traded Darius Slade to uh, the Eagles, and uh, they did sign Desmond Trufant. They are going to be going after Jeff Okuda at number three from the Ohio State. Now, that leaves you with the Giants, who are in a little bit of a pickle. You know, they need offensive linemen to, you know, to, you know keep that running game going. And uh, right now, Isaiah Simmons, though, might be too much to pass up. Now, he's the outside linebacker for Clemson. Yeah. you know that uh the orange bowl there for us and i do a lot do a hell of a lot the number five pick is the miami dolphins now miami has five 18 and 26 all in this all in this round looks like that they want to go after tua so mm-hmm. they're getting that quarterback at number five they believe the los angeles chargers are going to be going with surprise jordan love wow Utah State, uh, which I don't think that they would. I personally think that they'd probably go or uh, Oregon's Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's just. I mean, he he has a little bit more uh, promise, a little bit more. You know, and you've seen more of Herbert. I think you can believe in Herbert a little bit more than what you are with Jordan Love. 
Right. And he was going to, he was touted as like that going to be that number one quarterback taken off the board in this draft out of the quarterbacks that would be available the previous year, because he kind of came out of nowhere in his sophomore season at Oregon didn't really live up to it as much at Oregon this year, but still had a really good season. I think there was more so just um, pieces around him and kind of how the whole team was set up and um, Pac-12 really wasn't, really wasn't that great. And they just, they didn't have, they were one of those teams that didn't have a lot of talent around forever. Yeah. Pac-12 has been booty forever. So now getting past that, we're down to number seven. Uh, Carolina Panthers are going to go with uh, defensive lineman, uh, Derek Brown from Auburn. And then at number eight, is the first time that we see an offensive lineman off the board. Say it's been a little while since we've seen it offensive linemen. I've seen other I've seen other mocks where offensive linemen have been coming off a little bit I earlier. Th- I think where they picked up Isaiah Simmons at number four with the Giants, mm. I think we're going to see someone like like this Tristan Wirfs. I think yeah. he's going to be off the board at that point in time. A lot of people love that kid. So, uh, but once again, McShay has him going eight to the Cardinals. Nine is this tricky spot. Do you believe in Gardner Minshew? Are they going to? I saw somewhere where Cam Newton might want to go to the Carolina, or I'm sorry, to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and compete down there. Now, if you sign Cam Newton, are you mm-hmm. going to go quarterback? They have, Todd McShay has Justin Herbert going to the Jaguars. Yeah. But that's a bad choice. Um, right. But, but once again, I think that you're going to be looking at it from the standpoint of you're going to want to build around an offense and get some, you know, get some top pieces down there right that leaves us at number 10 number 10 we have selecting Jedrick Wills uh from uh from Alabama he is the offensive uh tackle there for us now he would be opposite Jack Conklin uh mm-hmm. there of course Wills played at the right side though uh at Alabama does that worry you that he'd have to switch over to the left because we've already been told Jack Conklin is going to play right tackle no matter what yeah, I'd have to look into it a little bit more if Wills has any sort of experience on the left-hand side. According to our own GM, Andrew Barry, there is no difference between a left tackle and a right, right. tackle, there, or there's virtually no difference in today's NFL and their blocking scheme. So, Obviously someone that has never played the offensive tackle spot. Yeah, so it, would give me, it would give me more pause for concern. Um, a name beyond uh, Tristan Wirfs that I like a little bit more is probably – Andrew Thomas, or even um, kind of get like if I were to take a chance more so, I feel like we're taking a chance by switching a guy from the right to the left. I'm not going to say I have like this high football acumen, but I sure. still think that there is there is still different things you need to look at. And if you're going to be on the left hand side for a right handed quarterback like Baker, that's the blind side. So you have to be able to have to be strong from that side. So I have concerns about that. I take more of a chance on Makai Becton, maybe so more so than Jedrick Wills. But if you get any of the top four in a position of need and you take the best available at that time, I, I think you're you're doing uh, the team the best service you can instead of trading down. Yeah, and and once again, I mean, he has his top two rounds up, you know, there for mm-hmm. us. Uh, you know, and once again, we also have, I believe it's pick 41 uh, mm-hmm. for us. And pick 41, he actually has us taking Grant Delpit. Uh, he's the LSU safety. Uh, uh, Delpit's still available on his Delpit mock. is available wow. from, from what he has going up there. Uh, a little surprising, but at the same time, yeah. I, I personally thought that, uh, you know, someone like Greedy last year mm-hmm. was going to go way before that. You and I had mm-hmm. talked 
that last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Reedy was going to be like a top 25 pick, and he ended up right. What was it, 42, 46, somewhere around I think there? It was 46. Yeah, whenever we picked him up. So, uh, but yeah, no, that, that's to wrap up McShay's draft uh, there for us. I mean, I know that towards the end of the season, there was like some questions coming up about either Delpit's, like we always talk about best ability is availability. I think yeah. it was durable. I think it was his durability that was in question and maybe some of his talent, maybe it was being over overly talked about, but if Delpit's there for a safety spot with you being much down. thinner at, at safety, I, you go, you run to the podium and you put that pick in. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think if you're getting a talented first round player. If you if Delpit's still there at 41 in the, uh, in the, third round i mean that that's pick what nine of the of the second round uh pick 10 or uh yeah yeah pick nine yeah yeah because it's like the um unless you're at number one then the other picks start to like flip flop flip flop from where what position you were in round one to round two so man that would be that'd be a heck of a pickup if they were able to get that uh i like i said i just don't want to see any trade down just if the offense there's no run on offensive tackles one of them's available and you've graded them out and they're close. If, I mean, I guess if that guy's not there and you're, you get, you think you can still get as much value for a guy picking that you didn't talk to as much at 10 to a guy you did talk to later on in the draft, maybe I know that Ezra Cleveland from Boise state has been a big name if they trade down, but if a guy is there and your guy is there, one of the guys you've talked about is, is there take them and get that offensive tackle to solidify that line and solidify the protection for Baker. Now, of course, next week we're going to get more into football talk in the NFL and the draft because we're, like we said, we're going to have always positive Jay on joining us. We're going to preview the draft and how we're going to be watching it, getting together here on Zoom. We always like to, these days, being in quarantine, we're trying, like we said, trying to bring some levity, trying to bring some fun. We try to have some fun conversations towards the end of the podcast as well. And one thing I wanted to bring up, and I know that, you know, Paulus, you were talking about, you know, you've tried Wendy's breakfast and, and Wendy's yes. has been a, a big, I've seen their symbol as well as a lot of other fast food places as out there on social media, because there's this big trend right now on social media that you can, you know, people like put up like nine things or they put up, uh, you know, like the, there was something about all the Marvel movies, they uh, comicbook.com on Twitter, they put up yep. the all the Marvel movies and they're like, you're only allowed to keep five or you're only allowed to keep three of these fast food places or three of these books, three of these albums. I don't like that trend. And I was, I was getting into it until I saw the Marvel movie thing because yeah, I I have my favorites, but I love them all. And I'm not going to, I have, I have, that's where it gets down to it. I mean, we're like on desert Island, which is right. It's a fun game to play. Right. But we have all of our streaming devices available to us. So even though, even though Marvel's not all available on uh, Disney plus yet, you can still get to Disney plus and Netflix to go back and forth and get through your whole marathon. We're sitting at home. You're passing the time. Don't make me just pick five. Who's five movies. Like that, that's that's why I like I like you know I I respond to all of these. I mean I'm I, I'm, I don't because I really don't like it. <laughs> I'm a go-to fan of these pick three of the nine or anything like that. Yeah. Like, uh, the other day of foods that you uh, food or drink items that you mm. would have at like a ball game. Yeah. And there's only three options. There's only three true options that you should have, and that is beer. That is nachos and that is hot dogs. That's it. 
I, I, I don't know anyone. And, and a couple of people were like, you know, that's that's pretty spot on. A couple of people put in pizza or anything like that. No, you don't have pizza at a ball game. You know, if, if you're if you're going yeah. to an Indians game, they don't have one dollar pizza night. You know, they, right. they got dollar dog night. Yeah, that, that's what you do. You go, you have a dollar dog, you buy a crazy expensive beer, you know, because every beer is overpriced there. And then you get nachos. You know, if, if you want nachos, you have nachos. But a beer and a beer and a, a hot dog is the go to thing for me. Yeah, I usually get uh, two hot dogs, a um, cup of water. I mean, I, I drink water nowadays because beer doesn't really sure. sit well with me. I've had my, you know, I've had some health problems or whatever. So I kind of cut all of that stuff out. I, 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 I did find white claws, though. I mean, claws up. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's like because I feel like I'm drinking oh, water. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, I did find that to kind of every now and again. It's, it's very rare that I engage in any adult beverage but if sure. i do it's it's the white claw nowadays it's, those now are like the, up, huh? it's now it's now claws up i mean people that can see that it's now the claws up but oh, um but usually it's you know i get the water but it's a couple hot dogs uh you get some uh, you get a pretzel uh you know i can't eat dairy anymore so the nachos and the the pizza going out the window but that's what I used to get. I'm used to have like a one of those big trays at the ball game. Every game oh, you yeah. go to like one of like those big trays and you stack up the food. And then wh- whoever I'm with, then they get their own tray because I get mine. Nobody touches my food, just like Joey from Friends. I don't share food. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I remember, I mean, we used to, my buddies and I used to go hard. Mm. At, at dollar dog night we would go up there yeah and we would i mean we'd be grabbing like 20 dogs yeah and like between like two or three of us crush all of those we'd buy way too expensive bud light mm-hmm. I, it's like that was the go-to thing now that was back in my early 20s uh now that i am a sophisticated 31 year old yeah you know, I, I don't you know partake in that as much as what right. i would honestly <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good time uh, but I, once again, all of this kind of gets down to uh, the fact that I, I went out this morning. I had to drop off something to my wife, who's currently working. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Deli. And uh, it, it, and I tried the new breakfast with uh, Wendy's. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, it, it was okay. It wasn't. Was. It, it's not something that I'm like, oh my god, I'm fiending. What kind of options do they have? They actually got quite a few options. They got like this uh, sausage. I think of McDonald's. Okay. It, it looks just like McDonald's meals. Um, their chi- I, although I did get their chicken. They have like this honey chicken sandwich. Okay. Um, not bad. Not bad. A little dry, but not bad. It's not something that I'm going to be running out for, mm. you know, anything like that. But I, I don't put it in like a top three. For it. And, and once again, they just started this like a month ago. Yeah, so it's going to be a working process. Yeah. I give it time. What's one of your guys' like go to fast food items? Peter, uh, what do you go to for the fast food breakfast? Ooh, well, either Dunkin' Donuts, their mm-hmm. uh, bagel, egg, and you know, bacon, egg, cheese sandwich bagel thing, or um, mm-hmm. I do like McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. Um, I do love Chick fil A breakfast but rarely get it because there's not one there's two by me but not like Mm -hmm. on my way to going right so (laughs) yeah how about you kevin 
I mean, I'm not really a big fast food breakfast kind of person. I mean, I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts and every now and again and kind of get the get a couple donuts, like a couple dozen or just like a dozen donuts to have throughout the week because they I'll eat like a couple at a time. Sure. Um, I think it's more so just like an actual breakfast. For me, it's always been the go-to was always the hotcakes at at McDonald's. And yeah. my girlfriend, oh, Jana, always like, anytime I say hotcakes instead of pancakes, she's like, why you have to say hotcakes? They're just, they're just pancakes. <laughs> because that's what McDonald's calls them. I mean, that's it's what, like it's them. like a distinct flavor to their pancake. That's why they call them hotcakes and like their syrup and everything. So like that's kind of my go-to. And maybe I'll add the sausage in for that. But uh, getting the, the hotcakes and their hash browns. Mm-hmm. Their hash browns are a go-to for me. Those, for those sure. hash browns are a must. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent agree. Uh, real quick for mine, and then we're going to wrap up here. Very underrated. Not a lot of people, you know, really go to her that that I've seen. You know, mm-hmm. Taco Bell. I was I I knew you were going to say Taco Bell. I just could see it. Like I knew Taco you were going to say Taco Bell for some reason. I love. I'm a huge proponent of uh, of burritos anytime of mm-hmm. day. Uh, and uh, their burritos that they got there, they're a little bit smaller, but they're beefy. You know, okay. they're, they're, they're beefed up there. Now they got potato ones. They got, you know, steak uh, ones, both very solid choices. They got this little scrambler that's mm-hmm. there. Fantastic. Is it? Go with the scrambler there. It, okay. is, it, it is very good. For a fast food, you know, joint, stop. Mm-hmm. Go with Taco Bell. That is That is an underrated one. You know, there's uh, my buddies at work when I used to work at Dick's Sporting Goods, when we worked early in the morning and then the mall would open up and the uh, food court would open up. Charlie's was a big spot for them to go because they had like these dollar breakfast burritos and they just they just all loved them. I never really got into it because I'm not really big on egg. And, you know, I know a lot of them had like the cheese and stuff in them, so I couldn't eat them anyways. But they were like cheap and all those guys uh, up guys and the girls at that place would go and uh, someone would go pick up like someone like drop like a $5 bill or something like that. <laughs> and uh, then they would eat everybody like kind of pay their dollar money or they may get like two and someone just make one run and then coming back with like this big bag of Charlie's with all these oh, breakfast burritos in them. So um, if you're into breakfast burritos, once everything starts opening back up again, maybe find a Charlie somewhere and, and try that and see what you think. And, Kind of give us a review on that, all right, boss? Absolutely. You know I will. <laughs> all right. But with that, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the Voice of Land podcast. Thank you, everyone, listening on CuyahogaValleyRadio.com each week at Saturday, 4 p.m. Of course, join us again next week at the same time, same place there. And, of course, find the podcast throughout the week on Google, Spotify, Apple, and all the video content at Voice of Land podcast on YouTube. For Peter Tullock and our partners at Web Streaming Studio, LPV, NEO Sports Network, my brother, Nick Paulus, I'm Kevin Arnold telling all of you sports fans out there, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. And to everyone that listens and to all of our frontline workers and all those essential workers out there, we love you all 3,000. We will see you all next Saturday.